He did say to start without him, didn't he? Yeah, I was going to say, it's been a while since we've done it. We might as well. Yeah. yeah Although absolutely. he's going to come back and swear, so you, you might have to bleep stuff out later. You're listening to the Host Unknown Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are joining us. And welcome to episode 62 of the Host Unknown podcast. Uh, yes, we've started without Jav because we just think it's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Andy, how are you? Not too bad. I've got a uh, new washing machine this week. Have you? Yes. Yeah, so this was like a real... Do you know what? The last week I've done more tasks around the house than I normally like to do and uh, can, so, I, can i just interject as well and say yeah. you know you've reached a certain age when the purchase of a new washing machine is the highlight of your week well do you know what was probably even greater than that i bought a hedge trimmer in uh <laughs> the prime day sales like the other week um i, I and, think they call that a body shaving kit uh, but um no this is this is not uh this is not for my man garden this is uh for my actual garden <laughs> your actual garden <laughs> your lady <Yeah>. garden <laughs> <laughs> oh he's and, back uh, oh, he's well, here. i hate you guys and, uh, <laughs> and so uh yeah so last saturday like this the washing machine is due to be due to uh be delivered and uh, I took out the old hedge trimmer, went out back and realised why I pay gardeners to do that kind of stuff. Because uh, I spent about four hours trimming all the hedges and then uh, I spent about four hours picking up all the leaves afterwards. <laughs> and, and the hedges are all brutal. wonky, right? They're absolutely really badly wonky as well. So when they come <laughs> in, I need them to uh, straighten them out. <laughs> but yeah, so that day, right, my washing machine was due to be delivered. Never actually turned up and it kept saying like, it'll be with you between three and five then four and six, and then it just kept going up and up. And I said, don't worry, it's still on the way. Anyway, didn't turn up. This has gone 10 o'clock. No one answered the phone. Called them first thing next morning. They said, oh, yeah, it wasn't even loaded onto the truck. So, what? you know, that, that whole what? cracking thing which they gave us just completely useless. Um, but anyway, it gets worse, right? So they the earliest they can re-deliver is Wednesday morning. So they rock up Wednesday morning, 7 a.m., and I pay for the whole connection, disconnection, all that kind of stuff. And the guy's like, you know, how can I switch off the mains water? I said, oh, you can't switch off the mains water because, like, the stopcock's behind the dishwasher. It's integrated. You're not getting to it. But uh, don't worry about it. Just a bit of water. Just unplug that one. Plug in that one. And they're and like, also, no, shouldn't the inlet pipes have little valves on them anyway? It does, yeah. That wasn't working for – I don't know why. Um <laughs> But, yeah, it, anyway, like, they were like, no, we can't do that. And I'm like, well, you literally just swap it over. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah. It is that easy, and yet I'd still be prepared to pay someone to do it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're like, no, we can't do that. It's going to flood your house. Oh, it's not going to flood the house. It's a bit of water. Like, you know, it's a tap. And, uh, yeah, and so they're like, well, we can't do that. So, you know, we can leave this washing machine, and, you know, you can do it yourself, and we're gone. And uh, I said, well, I want this one taken away. And they're like, well, if we're still in the air, we'll come back later and do it. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, you do that. I said, make sure you're still around. And so they brought in the new one, and while they were standing there, I unplugged the old one, plugged it straight into the new one. Didn't flood the kitchen too bad. And I said, right, you can take it away now. And they just kind of looked at me like I was some kind of nutter. And you're recording this from a hotel after your insurance claim for water damage. Yes, yes, so the house (laughs) flooded, and uh, the the pipes didn't fit, called a plumber out, couldn't get here till tomorrow. So, uh, yeah. 
Your wife Thomas... came back after a week at her parents, and she, she hates <laughs> the garden. She hates the kitchen. She just kicked you out. <laughs> she was polite about the garden. She was like, well, you know, at least the, the hedge is lower. Well, it's trimmed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. It's like a, like a teenage boy after his first attempt at shaving. <laughs> shaving a goatee not yeah like, well you're trying to leave something behind yeah <laughs> oh i just balance it out oh damn it i just balance it on the other side oh damn <laughs> oh dear how's your week yeah very good very good i've i've had um well the last three and a half days off which hasn't been nice um, I had them booked off because I was helping somebody uh, do it at a at a wedding uh, as a second shooter, um, but it okay. was postponed to September. So, but I thought I'd keep the days off anyway. Ah, um, okay. So you're going to kill the groom before he got down the aisle? Yeah, something like that. You're back up for the primary. <laughs> yeah, second. I just realised what that sounds like. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I I I was I was the insurance. You know, yeah. if in case the first shooter missed. Exactly. You, see, you, you, were, you were going down that, that way. I was going down a completely different path there, Andy, but we won't go down there. Oh, okay. It's one of those, was it? The depths uh, of your so, mind. Yeah. So, so yes, it's been a, been a, been a nice, uh, nice week. Um, nice and relaxed. Built a bit of Lego, made a bonsai tree out of Lego, of course. Um, and, uh, yeah, been very nice. Very nice. Jav, what, what, what about you, mate? You know, I'll, I'll, to give you an indication of what, what my week's been like, this morning I was walking back to the office to, to set up and everything, and I looked into the garage, which is just next to this, and my motorbike's not there. And what? Yeah, my motorbike's not in the garage. Stolen. No, I, I, I was like, holy shit, where's my bike? And it took me a good, like, 10 seconds to remember I gave it in for an MOT in service yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> So that's how my week's been. It's been one of those weeks. So, so I was just commenting when uh, when when you were late for the, uh, uh, the the start of the podcast, Jav, that it's it's indicative of men of certain ages. When in Andy's case, the, the highlight of his week was the uh, arrival of a dishwasher, and in your case, you forgot what you did yesterday with your motorbike. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Although what I did also find out yesterday, uh, for the first time in my life, I actually paid in a check at the post office <laughs> because uh, my local branch of the bank had shut down and the, the, the branch that is there is now further away. And because it was a check above the £500 uh, limit that you can do with the app, I had yeah, to I... give it. And then uh, I went to the post office and I felt like a proper pensioner. I walked in and I was like... <laughs> Excuse me, young man, do you cash checks here? Can I pay in my check? Well, yes, we can, sir, and it'll take two to three days to clear. That's fine, as long as I... Two to three days? Is that working days, or does that include the weekend? I know. brilliant. (laughs) It's it's great when you get, like, a young counter assistant, and they're like, wait a minute, and they're like, they call the manager. It's like, can we take a check? This old guy here wants to know if we can take a check. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I, funnily enough, I'd stick one in the post the other day as well. So, uh, so what have we got coming up for you today? This week in InfoSec takes us back to a story about the Internet's original mods. Rant of the Week talks about an itty-bitty, teeny-weeny, yellow-trolling InfoSec meanie. Billy Big Balls this week can be filed under How Not to Win Back Your Ex. Industry News brings you the latest and greatest InfoSec news from around the globe. And Tweet of the Week 
is just a reminder that teenagers gonna teenage, even in a pandemic. So moving swiftly on, uh, let's get on to the first piece of this week's podcast, namely... This Week in InfoSec. So it's that part of the show where we take a stroll down InfoSec memory lane with content liberated from the Today in InfoSec Twitter account. Uh, so we are going to go back 23 years to the 30th of June, 1998. <laughs> where, where, yeah, did you hear the cogs were in there? As I, uh... Uh, it was the calculator I heard. Okay. <laughs> so uh, on that day, AOL confirmed that a leaked spreadsheet containing info of 1,300 AOL community leaders had been stolen from an employee's account. Blimey. Um, yeah, so who cares and what is AOL anyway? So yeah, I'm sure <laughs> half the people may be thinking. So AOL was actually a, a company worth a considerable amount of money back then um, to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars in the late 90s. So it was kind of a big deal. Um, and they were so big, they actually acquired Time Warner in 2000. Oh, that's um, right. AOL Time Warner, yeah. Yeah, and that was, I mean, that was an ill-fated acquisition slash merger for another story uh you know a story for another time but um you know we covered their on a previous episode like their amazing cd mailing promotion to yep. you know sign people up and just their their pure market domination they used to have so aol used to have these community leaders um who basically volunteered their time as guides and uh, chat room monitors um in exchange for free membership um so you know the type of people that you know, wanted to do this back then are probably the type of people who aspire to be special constables these days, um, you know, with no plans of actually becoming a real police officer. Or, um, or Reddit moderators. Who or I Reddit moderators. Well, a, this is it. Yeah, this a is A little actually... bit more fascistic than most policemen, yeah. police yeah, people, and, police and officers. Is, and this is probably the, the early version of a Reddit moderator, right? So Reddit yeah. wasn't around till what, 2003, 2005, I can't remember. But, you know, this is what it was um, back then. So... Um, they basically got free access in exchange for their work as community leaders. Um, and AOL was probably one of the most targeted platforms back then, right? And, and there's even a tool called AOL, um, <laughs> which, you know, is like GUI-based. You know, you could download it and it would do things like uh, fake, fake account generated because AOL would need a credit card to allow you to create an account. But what you could do, it used the, the fake account generator, click the button, um, it creates a number based on the LUN, the LUN algorithm you know just yeah. like the credit card number and aol wouldn't realize it was fake until they tried to bill it 30 days later um so you always got like you know free access for a month and you could create fake names and stuff like that um they had a built-in phishing tool as well that it let you sort of um it had like automated instant messages um that would try and uh you know get people to to hand over their details it'd be like hi this is AOL customer service we're running a security check and need to verify your details <laughs> uh, you know please enter your, your username password to continue or that kind of stuff um you know flooding scripts mail bombs like all this kind of stuff that, that was great and you could also impersonate um the AOL founder um Steve Case in chat rooms using this tool um I mean like do you know what I mean it was a thankless task being this more you know to try and Try and moderate these kind of rooms. You know, there's no yeah. fun in it. It's you really got to be dedicated to the cause, or you must really desperately want free access um, and 
considering it as AOL access, I'm not sure you, know, you really appreciated the internet. Um, so anyway, yeah, this uh, back then there was uh, an Excel file that was actually taken and it had the true names, true account names, account numbers of more than 1,300 of these uh, community leaders. Um, and unfortunately, it led to them being harassed uh, quite seriously. Uh, you know, some threatening phone calls. And I, actually, why am I surprised? Why am I surprised? Yeah, I mean, this doesn't change. You know, the, the, and this is one of those things where uh, I think you know why I like this story was it was um, it's that it has anything really changed in you know in those twenty three years? Yeah. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Um, you know, the, the fact that they were using those phishing IMs back then you could probably use them today and still get people's details the yeah. fact that they were using excel to store all of the details yeah. excel is still used to save so much thing and, and 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 i suppose the third one is is um there's a cult like following in tech where people blindly give up hours of of their life a week uh, to support some big corporation for and free. It is, it is free labor as well. And I think they actually yeah. brought a case. Um, I'm sure there was a case actually later in the, uh, maybe like 2009 or something, where a lot of these volunteers tried to claim back pay. Um, the volunteers tried to claim back pay. Yeah, or rather reasonable compensation uh, for their time that they dedicated supporting this. Did, um, did they forget? A fundamental part of when well, they volunteered, but you know what? I think this is more this is more culturally about you know American corporations and you know we like the whole restaurant industry thing where you know they pay the yeah. absolute minimum wage and that's it. You live off no, your tips that, but, and that. But you can also unvolunteer. Yeah, true. Do, do you know what I mean? It's difficult to, you know. To 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 quit your job because you know you got to eat joined up meat occasionally and have a roof above your head, but you know so yeah the whole restaurant thing totally behind utterly outrageous all that sort of stuff. But to complain about compensation for a job that you volunteered for, knowing that it was a volunteer position and that volunteers mean you do it freely. Do you know what? So I- I've just uh, found the story. Um, AOL actually settled. Um, to the tune of fifteen million dollars with unpaid volunteers. I'll dump so they each now. got a hundred. Well, if it's no, 13... they didn't each get. Uh, yeah, no, they. Um, uh, I'm just trying to see what they all yeah. got. It's probably fourteen and a half million in legal fees, and yeah. uh, the rest yes. was. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I I find that you know I'm all for you know keeping large corporations in check and all that all that sort of thing and making sure. To be blunt, you know that's just not be dicks right you know even as individuals or corporations but but to to join what is i guess a class action suit to say hey my volunteer role should be back paid that seems a bit of a dick moving of itself well you know I, i i agree with you because that's it seems to be the american way like you sue anyone you join a class action lawsuit for whatever you want yeah but i think on on the other side it's a bit like coming out of um, a toxic environment or an abusive relationship. You don't always realise how bad it is when you're there. You think that you're working towards something else. Yeah. And yeah. you only see the light when you're out of it. I, and, so, and, sorry, go on. 
Yeah. Oh, go. Well, so I was going to say that. So that I'm just reading now the distinction in this one. Um, so obviously AOL's, you know, as you, you've rightly, rightfully said, Tom, that uh, you know they felt that they're not workers. You know, they're volunteers because they voluntarily did this. Yes. Um, however, the argument was that it was the regimented nature of their activities. So although they were offering their time willingly, um, they had to complete tr- a training program. They had to work for a certain number of hours per week. And they had to regularly report to their superiors on what they had done. Oh. Okay, and if well, they I mean, didn't do that, they would have been bit, kicked out like of the program. A bit like volunteering at Oxfam. So when you say you're going to turn up at the shop so they can open it, you got to turn up, and you know, and you've got to be kind of nice to the customers there because it's a shop, you know. But it's still all volunteering. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not getting it myself. Well, well no, I, I yeah. think what it is is that there, there's certain expectations that are built up, and and I think with with Oxfam or such charities, it's it's non profit. Well, right? it, it, it's yeah, it's it, it's easier yeah. to to but, make that. But then you you have people like I was speaking to someone not too long ago, who ran uh, one of these IC squared uh, chapters, uh, the local chapters that they do. Yeah, and they they're all volunteers. But he was like, you know what? I I put in all this time and effort and organization and everything. And he goes, it's not that he he was after or he or she. I'm not I'm not saying who it is, but it's not that they were feeling that they wanted compensation for it, even though IC Square makes a, a lot of money despite being a non-profit, but they felt like there was no, it was just a one-way relationship. And so they've subsequently, after many years, um, stopped, stopped being involved in it. And and I think that's that's what it is. You, 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 you invest in something and you end up feeling like... Um, you know, you you want something in return for it, some recognition or some satisfaction or or some say in the future direction. And if you don't get any of those things, then you're just being exploited. And and so I th- I agree with with that perspective. You, I mean, this is this is the, the the problem that people have with technology, in that you don't actually mind so much people or, or apps say like taking some of your data if it builds a bit of a relationship. So uh, if you're on the British Airways frequent flyer program and you always, you, you don't mind giving them your information because you think, hey, if there's only one seat left on the plane and there's four of us, they're going to give me preference if I've flown the most miles because they know how many miles I traveled and what have you but if you don't get that then you're going to think think of well, what's the point in me investing in this relationship so I, th- I think there's there's that psychological aspect that yeah that we... but but you say you know that that it's exploitation it's exploitation when you pay them very little money and work them to death and you know and expect them well, to do I, one I think and, that's the point and, is and, that there's and, this and, expectation that you would have of other employees that are getting paid yeah but 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 also in, in the case of that individual that what they got back was the fact that it went on their CV or resume, right? That they were the president or or whatever of of an organisation, and that helped their stand. They were getting something from it, just not what they expected to get from it, uh, or what they wanted to get from it. And that's that's more on them, I think. So I think spoken I, like I, a, a true newbie to the running of a chapter for ISC Squared. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Tr- trust me. I've I've already got my own um, <laughs> my own challenges there. But um, but but 
you know, and but that's fine. You know, I said I was going to do it, and I will. You know, I'll do it. And if I, when I'm done, if or at the end of the year, and I don't wish to do it anymore, then I then I won't. I'll stop doing it. I will stand down. You know, if it's not worth my uh, my time and effort, etc. But that's that's on me. I, what I what I can't do at the end of five years is say, oh well, I got nothing out of it. I feel exploited. That's ridiculous in an entirely voluntary. Um, you know, situation. Now, if I had to do this role or it was the only job I could get and I couldn't move anywhere else and I was being underpaid and I was expected to work seven days a week, blah, 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 then yes, that's exploitation. You know, I mean, my, my only other experience of this and I, I um, is early in my online dating um, period, you know, so a year or plus so ago, I signed up to a bunch of all of the online dating things, and one of them was OkCupid, and they contacted me and asked me if I wanted to be a moderator of content and basically any escalations that were put to them, they would send to people like me and ask my opinion on whether, you know, a complaint should be upheld or not. And I got I got through about five of these, and all of them were like, oh, it's too much nudity. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake, it's a dating site and it's her shoulders. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. And in the end, of, after after literally about two weeks of this, I thought, I'm not doing this anymore. This is ridiculous. It's a waste of my time. Um, you know, I, I'm not providing any value here whatsoever. Um, and so I unvolunteered. Now, that's that's what volunteering is about, right? We've gone down a real rabbit hole here. Yeah, right. and oh, as say, usual, you're yeah. wrong. I was going but... yeah. <laughs> to say, you've gone down a rabbit hole. This week in InfoSec. Well, that was we were talking about having that a, a, a little bit shorter this week because we'd only got the one story. But, uh, yeah, thanks to that little um, segue halfway through there, I think we, we managed to pad that out quite nicely. We are officially the most entertaining content amongst our peers. All right, and now it's time for this week's... Listen up! Rant of the Week. It's time to mother rage! Oh, God, this is a doozy. I I don't (laughs) even know where to begin, really. Well, right at, at the beginning, perhaps... So, um, there is a hashtag trending at the moment, hashtag InfoSec Bikini. So, uh, a Twitterer called Colleen uh, posted a picture of themselves in a bikini, basically saying, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, felt cute, might delete later. And it was met with lots of love and claps and all that sort of thing, except by somebody called Infosec underscore follower who said, what is it about Twitter that causes otherwise respectable people to post fucking underwear shots? Three question marks. Total sign of insanity. Your bio says Infosec. No warning for this crap. Hashtag unfollow. Uh, which, of course, kicked off a bit of a storm. Colleen got back um, very, very uh, clearly saying, it's a bikini and I'm a human being who is a lot more complicated than just InfoSec. Also, I do whatever the hell I want, whenever the hell I want, and however the hell I want. Adios. 
Uh, and also my bio says InfoSec Bad Girls. And this created a huge amount of support from uh, Twitter with many, many other uh, uh, women posting photographs of themselves in bikini, bikinis, swimwear, underwear in some cases, uh, some revealing more skin than others, dependent upon comfort, but all and sundry. And then uh, some of the fellas joined in. Um, it was one where I, it was uh, it was a chap. I think his name was – I can't remember, but um, – no, definitely can't remember his name. But he was lying on a sun lounger, and it was difficult to tell where his, end, where his beard ended and his chest hair began. Um, but you know, it was, it was all good. I mean, it was quite a magnificent beard stroke chest there. Um, so yes, this kicked off a huge amount of, um, of chatter and, uh, support and effectively what I, what I think is, you know, fair enough. If you want to tweet something, then, then tweet it as long as it's not breaking the terms of service. Um, and you know, not uh, abjectly offensive. In which case, it would be breaking the terms of service. Then go for it. And if you don't like it, then make a decision. You know, you, you either follow somebody for their infosec tweets and put up with, you know, their personal stuff, or you decide that their personal stuff is just too much for you, despite their infosec tweets, and decide to unfollow them, or even just see when it is a personal photograph. And decide not to click on it. Um, so yes, it's it, that all kicked off. It then took a even more sinister turn when uh, Lisa Forte, friend of the show, Lisa Forte, hello, um, who had posted a uh, a bikini shot, then tweeted that uh, bikini shot and a picture of a calendar that had been created, an InfoSec bikini calendar that had been created, saying, without asking me, they used my bikini image who put it into a calendar that people could download. Like I'm a piece of meat, I posted to show support. I didn't consent to being turned into the InfoSec bikini calendar. I'm horrified by this. Utterly unacceptable. And obviously, there was a huge amount of support for that because, frankly, just p pulling uh, pictures off the internet, putting them into a calendar and using them without consent is, well, frankly, that's Daily Mail uh, territory, really. Uh, so so it's um, not surprising there was a huge amount of support uh, uh, for Lisa and everybody else involved in there. Uh, so it didn't take long. And this has all been going on in, what, the last 48 hours? Is that right? Yeah, this has so. been so. It's been very quick. Yeah, I mean, this is a minefield of a topic because, uh, you know, as a male, there's nothing I can say on this topic which will go down well anywhere. Um, so well, unless you a, post yourself a, a, a bikini top photo. Yeah, exactly. But there were, I mean, the person, you know, I will say the person who did create that calendar. Um, very clear English is not their first language, uh, so I think culturally, you know, they do things. Um, you know, I don't think they got the social cues on this one about, you know, what's acceptable and what's not. But, um, you know, I'm not arguing with that. You know, what they did was wrong. Very clear. Absolutely. Um, and the guy went out of his way to make an apology. He made an apology personally, made an apology from his company account as well. Um, but what isn't cool is 
the hatred and vitriol that has gone on to that guy. Um, and it's like, you know, he's apologized multiple times and people are still harassing him. Uh, I saw someone take the mickey out of the fact that he's got a CEH, which is basically just bullying. Um, and you know how, like, in InfoSec, everyone always says, oh, the worst thing to do is if someone does something wrong is to vilify them or, or like, you know, absolutely humiliate them and, like, you know, because yeah. they're never going to come <laughs> back to you and report things. Or yeah. And that's exactly what the industry is doing to this guy, right? He got it wrong. He apologized. He tried to undo his mistakes. But, no, pitchforks are still out for him and the mob is still baying for him. So, well, you say you know social and cultural clues and all that sort of thing. So this, uh, I believe, it's a company based in India. Yes. Um, is it? Is it? Um, is it the um, EC Council? Uh, <laughs> uh, EC Council. That's the one. <laughs> no, it's, uh, uh, Illumini E Y E Communications yeah. LP. But, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Regard. Like the point is, nah. the guys tried no, to no, apologise. No. I, I I get where you're coming from, but I think. You know, uh, social and cultural clues. Well, in India, you know, um, that sort of thing is just as unacceptable there. You know, to share photos of 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 people without their consent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know what? Yeah, it's it's not like he went. He's apologised. Yeah. He's trying exactly. to. He's explained yes, no, his I reasons. Should we that. still keep going after him? Yeah. And and it's not like he went onto people's private accounts or. Instagram, it's it's posted publicly on Twitter. It's, yeah, you know he he didn't do anything untoward in in how he obtained it. And like Andy said, I think he apologised and and that's good. Well, I think he, what, what the, he apologised real... via a lawyer. No, he didn't. He apologised from his personal account. Well, well, saying if there had been any such malafide or monetary intention. That's not the standard. Right, so now we're attacking the guy's apology, right? No, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying it's and obviously not the fact that English isn't his him. first language. Yeah. <laughs> no, no that's a, that these are very specific legal terms. See, well, I'm sure what... the guy's paranoid now because of the mob that's after him. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I don't think that's the issue. I think people are missing the real issue here. Which is? Is that... One account with barely a hundred followers trolled so many infosec professionals. Um, you know, it, to, to you show their bikini that, pictures. <laughs> yeah, to 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 get them to show them their bikini pictures, and and people are, you know, it's so, it's one so of those things for an industry that. that prides itself in being all about OPSEC and social engineering. They just got social engineered themselves into like <laughs> posting their bikini pictures, and then. Being offended when it didn't go completely their own way, and I, I'm not defending what anyone does, and you know, yeah. people should be free to post whatever they want, and it's absolutely acceptable and fine. They, they should do whatever they want. And they should be able to do it without any fear of people being creepy or weird or, uh, or, or bad. But you know, that's not the world we live in. You could post anything these days, and you could offend someone somewhere. And I think the more oxygen you give it the worse it gets. Now, the point is, when you stand in solidarity with someone, it's it's a bit like going to a demonstration, a march, like BLM or, 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 or anti-war, whatever cause you believe in, and then complaining that police were there and you ended up inhaling a bit of pepper spray. Um, I think that that's part of what it what it means to to go out in solidarity or support with someone, because it is quite a brave act because you are putting yourself out there 
Um, not saying that it's right at all, but it's just part of the uh, part of the nature. Uh, it just reminds me of this uh, piece of advice, which is great. So to prepare your your kids for life in um, in the real world, when they come home from from nursery or school with their little paintings, stick it on the on the fridge like you normally do, but then leave really mean comments beneath it, and uh, that yeah. way they'll that that'll prepare them for adulthood. Yeah, prepare them for a, a life of um, desperation and mental anguish. We don't all want to be like you, Jav. No, my my parents never never left any mean comments for me. <laughs> they just never put my pictures up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> what is this? This is crap. This is not going on the on the fridge. <laughs> Why can't it, it, you? Do, it, do, do you it, will this painting help you in medical school? No. <laughs> then it goes right. in the bin. <laughs> Does it say Doctor Javad Malik under there? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Uh, dear. Well, I think the final words, and I, I still think, you know, the Wheaton's law here still applies. Don't be a dick. Come on. Let's just, you know, just why can't we all just get along, man? But uh, um, so the final word here goes uh, to a photo, which I'll put up in the in the show notes as well. Uh, those of those of you who are, you know, properly educated, etc., will know of a show called Archer on TV. And as a. And as a uh, a, a phrase he uses, you know, do you want something? Because that's how you get something. Uh, and the picture, is, it, it, the statement is, company takes InfoSec bikini photos and makes them into a calendar without consent. Do you want a free pen test? Because that's how you get a free pen test. Oh, so you're threatening, so you, so you think it's okay to threaten people now? Yeah. Rants of the week. <laughs> Are you not entertained? What? The judges were. You're listening to Europe's most entertaining content. Bro, what are you talking about, man? The Host Unknown Podcast. And move very swiftly on to my learned colleague, Jav, and... You know, I just trying to remember what was the name of that guy in sweden who built a basement where he kept his oh joseph fritzel that's the one this, soundproofing this story, expert right yes yes <laughs> I, I remember watching a comedian and he, he was saying because i can't even build like a little toolbox in the garden without my whole neighborhood knowing how we <laughs> built a massive basement and dungeon under underground without anyone knowing is is beyond me but uh, th- this kind of this story kind of reminds me a bit of that. So if you're a bit triggered by that kind of thing, just skip this section, uh, and Tom will kindly put the timestamps in the show notes. <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> There's a doctor, uh, a, a neonatal doctor in Washington, um, Ronald Ilg, fifty-five, was arrested in April and is being charged in federal court for. Hiring a hitman over the internet to abduct his wife and imprison her in a quote unquote secure location for a week, all while dosing her with heroin. Bloody hell. There's a lot to unpack. There is a lot to unpack. So the, the the story is something it reads if you saw this in a film, you you'd probably say this is just way too over the top. 
it's it's it goes beyond Silence of the Lambs kind of. It's like Hostel Three, isn't it? It's uh, it's it sounds like the plot for for one or, of those. Or films. Saw Seventeen, or whatever yeah. it is now. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, so this man, um, he was married to to someone. They they have a child together, but um, she said that he was very aggressive, very controlling. She broke up for a while. He left her alone, but then he tried to. Uh, winner back he had someone else in the time who he locked in the basement with uh, it's, it's he's a bit of a twisted individual anyway yeah. he couldn't um handle the fact that his his ex-wife didn't want anything to do with him and uh so for, first he was um sending her lots of letters uh and then he was also uh hiring uh, he was cruising the web looking for goons to dish out beatings on those he believed had wronged him. Um, and uh, uh, later on, it, it transpired his user ID online was SCAR215. Um, and uh, he, he that, that user, SCAR215, attempted to hire Muscle to use against a co-worker he believed had been spreading rumours about how he was fired. Uh, he was actually fired because he took a weapon into the office. But uh, he told his hired help to injure both hands significantly or break the hands of the woman he was targeting. Um, He allegedly was ready to pay $2,000 in Bitcoin to whoever took the job. Uh, But the request was never fulfilled. You you know you're a bit crazy when even like these weird people on the on the underground say like you know that job's a bit too crazy for me. When, I'm yeah, just going to yeah, turn when, down. When scammers aren't even prepared to take your money. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, a month later, the same user posted another assignment on the dark web rent a killer site. This time, asking for someone to kidnap, drug, and blackmail his estranged wife. Uh, and so you know he there there was other. Uh, so so that site actually rentahitman.com um which he used well, is actually a honeypot run by uh, law enforcement Excellent. so um, they got all his details from there and what have you um so investigators raided Dr Ill's home finding his concrete bunkers and reference to his online handle scar215 on a sticky note in his house Nice people. This is security awareness one hundred and one. <laughs> Don't put uh, usernames and passwords on a sticky note. Oh my on god! Your monitor. Um, well, bad guys, you ignore the advice, but good guys, don't do that. Um, according to a broadcaster, Doctor Ill reportedly confessed that he tried to hire someone on the dark web, but claimed he was actually trying to hire someone to kill him to ensure that his girlfriend got all his belongings rather than his estranged wife. What a noble man, honestly. He just misunderstood. Yeah, Uno reverse card. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's it's just one of those really, really weird stories. I think it, it's it's absolutely stupid. Uh, what what he, well, it, 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 If it's true, he's, he's a terrible human being and doesn't deserve to see, see uh, live as a free man. But um, I think what what's really interesting is that nearly every aspect of our life has some element of the cybers to it, and you know, use of Bitcoin and the dark web and finding online rent hitman services. It, it just goes to show that you know 
it's just something that's embedded itself into the very fabric of, of society and there's no no way out of it now so we, we we really need to up our game in how we secure these things and how we monitor them and how we manage them and uh you know this is why sometimes the government i, I can sometimes understand why certain people say like end-to-end encryption needs to go because then evil people like this are there but then that that just leaves everything exposed so um yeah still, and also what, evil people like this are obviously still dumb enough to to make such mistakes that they're going to get found anyway. Yeah, yeah, they are. But a uh, truly horrible person, truly fascinating story. We, we'll put the, the link in the show notes and uh, have a read. There's far more details there. And, um, you know, it, it's uh, cheaper than a movie. It really is. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like a, an odd Billy Big Balls, but I know what you mean. I mean, the, the guy had aspirations and plans, but oh, my God. I just love the fact that the FBI have a uh, a website called Rent a Hitman that is so far up the SEO rankings that <laughs> the people actually click on it to uh, to well basically Rent a Hitman. That's incredible. I'm going to leave a trust pilot review about this site. I say <laughs> one out of five got arrested for served for ten years doing ten to thirty conspiracy to commit. Murder. Oh, man. Billy Big Balls of the Week. Sketchy presenters, weak analysis of content, and consistently average delivery. But they still won an award. Like and subscribe now. Blimey, Andy, would you look at the time? I can't believe it. It's already that time of the show where we head over to our InfoSec news sources at the PA Newswire, who have been very busy bringing us the latest and greatest security news from around the globe. Industry News. World's largest e-tailers to be investigated over fake reviews. Industry News. US, the only top-tier cyber power. Industry News. Sensitive defence documents found at bus stop. Industry News. Pentagon CISO suspected of sharing secrets. Industry News. Salvation Army hit by ransomware attack. Industry News. Analyst steals millions by spoofing director. Industry News. Print nightmare. Windows Zero Day accidentally disclosed by Chinese researchers. Industry news. New charges filed against alleged Capital One hacker. Industry news. Putin orders Twitter to open Russian Industry office. news. And that was this week's... Industry news. Huge if true. Yeah, they're finding documents at a bus stop. Brilliant! That I find one is. I, I I was listening while well, uh, watching the telly about this, and although well, they were classified, although not top secret. But nonetheless, who takes that sort of thing? Who takes the bus this what, day and age? Right? <laughs> yeah. I thought buses were those black vehicles with the orange lights on the top. Exactly. Um, bus wankers. <laughs> But seriously, not only were 
those documents taken from the office, but someone sat at a bus stop, took them out of their briefcase or whatever, started reading them, put them down to presumably unwrap a Kit Kat or something, <laughs> you know, talk to the to the old girl next next to him uh, or her, and then got on a bus. I mean, for goodness sake, you'd think if you've got that access to those kinds of documents that you'd, well, just not read them in them. public. You, you know what? I, I'm not. I'm going to be a bit ageist here, but I'm going to. I'm going to say it's someone over the age of 55 that left it. Probably. Because I would. Because I would say so. It them. contains printed emails and printed yes. PowerPoint presentations. Yes. Um, although, although, in fairness, government does move at the speed of paper. It does. It does. And, yeah. and maybe their their DLP is so good, all they could do was print it off and take it to work yeah. on it. But my, you know, what, what, when I used to be a CISO, all of our very senior execs used to print everything, or their their um, uh, executive assistants used to provide printed copies of everything, which is a problem when you know your presentation is electronic in format. You know, might sometimes even have animations or, or steps. <laughs> if nothing else, you're trying to explain a process and you're trying to explain the steps. And, of course, they get the whole thing all at once. But if the just, EA is really good, she would actually print it frame by frame and uh, put it in a way that yes. you can flick through it, like one of those books that sort of does the animation. <laughs> yeah, Shrink it down into a little tiny sort of A6 or A7 booklet. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the difference between like you know your average EA and your top tier EA. Well, it's it's when I sent in that forty-five minute film of me explaining the concept, and uh, <laughs> she converted it into a you know twenty-five pages per second uh, flickbook, as you say. Yeah. It's quite a large flickbook. Uh, yeah, amazing. I find it absolutely incredible. Uh, I did like you know that story that uh, Jav mentioned about the analyst. Uh, who steals millions of dollars by spoofing director. Uh, so this is uh, literally about a trade analyst who uh, just impersonated the company director to authorise transactions. Um, and that was literally it. <laughs> it's like, oh. there's, there's 106 wire transfers, um, and he just used that guy's name and signed off, um, <laughs> uh, you know, using his, uh, his name and email address. And people wow. just accepted it. Oh my god! So it wasn't even some kind of complex scam. No, it was just that simple. Jesus, that's terrible. Yeah, well, that's a charge for stealing two point seven million dollars worth of uh, money by diverting funds into accounts under his control. By just saying, by the way, this is this is Jack, not John. Exactly that. Yeah. Wow. What sort of company was this? Uh, some trading company. Trading uh, firm, I think it yeah. was. Yeah, but he's basically facing fifty-seven years in prison. Well, unless he signs his name as something else, and I put someone else. Yeah, in prison. that yeah. poor director's going down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that poor. Exactly. Oh, it wasn't me. It was him. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. You know, you know there, there's um. So in Pakistan, uh, I was there at one time, and. There was a heightened security risk at airports or something for for a reason. So if you drove into the airport, they'd have like those um, those little uh, mirrors on the end of a, a stick, and they check underneath oh, the car. Under the oh car. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and they check in your. They they look in the car. They look in the uh, in the glove box and everything. And there was a little 
cartoon in, in the paper the next day, like where there's a car that's being checked underneath and the boots being looked at, and right on the roof there's a massive rocket strapped there, and, and it's <laughs> oblivious to it because <laughs> there was a security lapse and it was just something similar to this it's just like the simple thing someone can just walk in with yeah. a, with a bag with with like guns in it and stuff and that'll be fine but if you go in in a car no they have to check the undercarriage and everything <laughs> i don't know what car you drive jav but if, if it's got undercarriage i think um <laughs> that's quite impressive i don't know I, I ride a motorbike that's not even here at the moment so. <laughs> are you sure have you checked in the garage let me go check, yes. <laughs> the Host Unknown Podcast. Orally delivering the warm and fuzzy feeling you get when you pee yourself. Ah. Right, Andy, we come to the last segment and it's all for you. Tweet of the week. And we'll do that one again. Tweet of the week. So this is a slight break uh, from the norm. This is uh, just about teenagers doing what teenagers do. Uh, now, I don't know if you recall back in your school days, Jav, maybe a l- bit longer for you, Tom, but if you can think back. Um, I was always doing whatever I could to get out of class. Um, you know, I was uh, I frequently played hooky. Um, you know, and then you have to edit the register to show that you're in because the registers are just sitting outside the uh, the headmaster's office. Um, so you, you just have to go down, pick one out, and just put the old little uh, X in there to show that you did actually turn up. Um, and you know, there's the pranks. You know, I, I think the real sort of hardcore people would actually pull the fire alarm, you know, to get people out. Uh, but this pandemic has presented teenagers with a different opportunity um, to to get out of things. And so this is a tweet from a guy called Luke Bailey. Um, and he just sort of pulled together um, a whole load of videos that have been circulating on TikTok by uh, teenagers. And so now teenagers are at school. Uh, and if they test positive for COVID, obviously they've got to isolate for 10 days. And, you know, half the class has to isolate with them. And it's causing utter chaos to the education of kids at the moment, right? But those teenagers that don't want to be at school anyway, they have basically found ways to trick the test that you have to take, uh, you know, twice a week to see whether whether you have COVID. Um, and they basically, using lemon juice, um, will turn it into a positive test. So, you know, you, you rock up, uh, you, you take your test, um, put a, a drop of lemon juice in there instead of like, you know, your, your nasal swab. And uh, it returns a positive test and therefore everyone has to isolate. Um, you know, the whole class is then off. Uh, it's causing disruption. So the tweet is actually from Luke Bailey. Uh, it's essentially impossible to know how widespread this is in practice, but even a small amount could have huge impacts on our data, um, which I think is that, you know, what the kids probably don't realise is that, you know, these numbers that are being reported every day, um, how many of them are actually real? But it's, yeah. you know, kids. It's genius. Kids being kids. That's and it, I think it is genius. It's it's almost a Billy Big Balls move. So as, It is. As, as you too often talk about, uh, it's not big balls; it's tweet. Yes, <laughs> it's a no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> almost, it's almost. Uh, oh, almost. Okay, uh, that's right. It didn't quite make the grade. Um, but I think uh, you know, as, as you two regularly state that you know TikTok is a responsible platform. What are TikTok doing about these videos on there? They are, are, they, are actually they removing. removing. Yeah, anything that's sort of tagged like this, that you know, especially if it's reported, they are removing it. Um, you know, as soon as it comes up. But it's one of those things. It's a viral trend. Um, you know, and people are sort of tweaking hashtags and stuff to, 
uh, you know, bypass the sensors as they do. It's the the typical game of cat and yeah. mouse, but I do think TikTok are responding quicker than others. Um, you know, it, it's well they have they have historically. I mean, I, yeah. I, obviously, I, for the for the sake of the show, I was hoping that they weren't doing anything, and I could I could say, see, see, I told you. But uh, but this is a show where you've been wrong and in, in in every single section. Tom, it would so. seem to be that way, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I think I you know maybe I, I'm, maybe I won't turn up next week and then then I'll definitely be right. Is that a promise? Um, <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> yeah. what, what if I put some lemon juice in your in your in your COVID test? <laughs> is is that a euphemism for putting money in my bank account? <laughs> no, that is absolutely not. <laughs> then I then I'm definitely turning up next week. <laughs> but but just out of um just out of curiosity, if you would have a Patreon and like you know how much would it take for you to not turn up? <laughs> uh, hundred quid. So folks, Jeez, if if you would like this show to be run by these two jokers next week, all you have to do is go to hostunknown.tv. <laughs> there is a donate button there. If we make a hundred quid in the next week. I the first I will know of this show is when I listen to it when it's published, probably four days after it was recorded. Yeah, if you want to go halves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was just thinking we we will like double match any donations made. So, so I think if even if no, we get I'm up like... for this, I'm 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 happy to be paid to not turn up. Not oh, a problem in the slightest. <laughs> okay, let's make this happen, people. <laughs> Okay, and uh, that was this week's Tweet of the Week. And I love playing that one twice as well. Tweet of the Week. Awesome. So, gents, thank you very much for this week's show, I think. Um, But, yes, very good. Uh, Bringing it in well under the hour as well. Well, well under the hour. Depends how long we natter now. But, Jav, thank you very much. Yeah, no, thanks. I've got to go pick up my motorbike now, so... <laughs> yeah, but do you remember from where? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> that, that's, that, that we, we'll all be told next week on just, this just, exciting episode. Just do a search right, for all the MOT garages in your area and then just go round in a circle f- through all of those. Yeah, I stuck an Apple AirTag on it. Don't worry, Jeff. I can tell you where it is. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Jav. Thank you. And Andy, thank you very much. Stay secure, my friends. Stay secure. You've been listening to the Host Unknown podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, comment and subscribe. If you hated it, please leave your best insults on our Reddit channel. Worst episode ever. R slash smashing security. So I'm just logging on to the hostunknown.tv site now. So that's six thousand pounds. Holy crap! (laughs) (laughs) Six thousand. So that's the next sixty shows. Excellent. So just over. I got just over a year off. Uh, What's this, Mrs. Langford? What? (laughs) (laughs) Top contributor. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'll I'll, I'll go and see my mum instead. How's that?
So, what have we got coming up for you today? This week in InfoSec takes us back to a story about the internet's original mods. Rant of the Week talks about an itty-bitty-teeny-weeny yellow troll in InfoSec Mini. Billy Big Balls this week can be filed under How Not to Win Back Your Ex. Industry News brings you the latest and greatest InfoSec news from around the globe. And Tweet of the Week is just a reminder that teenagers gonna teenage, even in a pandemic. 